Hey everybody, uh, this is Old Buck uh, Dell, and uh, with Old Buck uh, Dave. Yeah, <laughs> Old Buck Dave. Yeah. We got a, we got something special going on here today. I think we talked about. I think, I think uh, we do have something special here. We have been getting so many thumbs up on these uh, short stories that uh, we we found another one, and we thought we'd read. I really like this one too, by the way. I, I know that's what story. we're going to read this one together. All right. Now again, th this is this story. It's just under a thousand words. So again, it's flash fiction, and actually, it comes from. Uh, the publication flashfictiononline.com, which which uh, I'll put a link to it in the liner notes, obviously. Uh, so I'm going to read. I'm going to I'm going to read the protagonist's uh, part here, and Dell is going to read. The protagonist sees a video screen and reads things off the video screen, so he is going to read what the protagonist sees on the video screen. He's going to kind of read it on the monotone. Now, if you're reading the story, the uh, you know the video screen stuff is all in caps, so it, it's easy to tell which which is which. But listening to it, uh, you know, you may not be able to tell that. So we're going to throw this little little twist in. Now, this is a I, I would categorize this as a dark science fiction humor. What do you think? Is that I, I would think that yeah, but it was. It's just great. I mean, it's just I I admire the author. It's a good story. There was a lot of a lot of thought went into this yeah. uh, in, into the uh, into the writing, and it sounds again, possible. It's, it <laughs> sounds possible. It may have already happened. Hey, the story is called "The Solid Years of My Life," and the author is Holly Collingwood. And we'll talk a little about more her about her after we read the story. The story was published in January of 2018. So here we go with the solid years of my life. I stink. Thankfully, the cilia in my nose are frozen solid so I can't smell myself. Like drips collecting at the tip of an icicle, my thoughts form at glacial crawl. The odor of a, a body emitting freonic chemicals is rank. The first experiment lasted three days, and my stench was lab-clearing, canary-killing noxious. It maxed out the ventilation system. This experiment is 100 times longer. The team replaced my blood with freonic compounds at an atomic level when I was cryogenically preserved 300 days ago. In layman's terms, I'm a popsicle. Frozen solid, and locked inside a self-contained cucumber-shaped pod with a porthole the size of a cantaloupe. Because galactic travel is too far for raw astronauts, the objective is to launch iced humans to the abyss and def defrost them on arrival. An ice cream headache hammers my brain while I thaw. Diagrams on the monitor light up as my blood replaces the chemicals and each organ nears its functional temperature. Heart, lungs, and circulatory system follow the nervous system. The hissing blood warmer near my left ear buzzes like a honeybee. For the next test, I'll relocate it closer to my feet. As soon as my legs are able, I kick three times on the pod wall. My lab team knows this means, start the coffee. I'm impatient to know who won the Iditarod, the Stanley Cup, and if my curling team made the playoffs. 
Ice is my thing. The porthole is covered with a thick frost. Same problem occurred during the initial test, defroster malfunction. The tech team wasn't confident about their alterations, so at the last moment before closing the pod, Jorgensen ran to her car and returned with a plastic windshield scraper, complete with a $4.99 price tag from Andy's auto body, still stuck on the handle. She attached it to my utility belt with a grin. I'll add it to your expense report. When I thaw, my bank balance will be huge, big enough for a beachy Fiji vacation. I negotiated hazard pay for all 300 days and didn't spend a penny, other than the 499 Human resources wouldn't let me off the hook for my monthly health insurance premiums either. I can't use it, I'd argued. No one wins arguments with HR. I fumble for the scraper and work on the porthole. My fingers, still numb, have the dexterity of fish sticks. Health insurance better cover freezer burn. Finally, a small area is clear. I expect to see Jorgensen's face peering in with her goofy thumbs up. Instead, there are rows of numbers lit on a screen. They blink. Binary. Maybe. My gray matter is thicker than a bowl of tapioca. The numbers disappear. A series of Greek letters replace them. What the hell? This is a typical Jorgensen joke. Scientists always think they're funnier than they are. Other languages appear until I recognize English. Tap three times if this is your human language. Not laughing, I tap three times anyway. Anything to guzzle scorching dark roast blend sooner. They're jealous. This game is their playback, payback. Espinosa's six-foot-six body didn't fit in the pod. Jens is a single father. Jorgensen is diabetic. Denial. Blander was five months pregnant. Definite denial. Baby Blander should be due soon. Everyone remembers the firsts. Galileo, Avogadro, Newton, and Lord Kelvin, of course. All systems point to a successful yet sluggish thaw making me the first cryogenically preserved human. There were dozens of lab rats and a monkey that preceded me, but it is my name and scientific contribution that will grace the pages of the history books right after the photos of Armstrong's flag on the moon. The press release is already saved on my laptop. First human frozen, thaw successful after 300 days, solidifies future of space travel. More words appear outside my porthole. We greet Earther, updating translator. Assholes. Thawing at deliberate rate, extra precaution for time delay. In 300 days, their assholes grew vast. If my brain were fully melted, I would crack a Uranus, Uranus joke. Even the time Jorgensen snuck habanero peppers into Jens's yogurt was funnier than this. The words come faster now. Earth ended. Last human preserved well. Pod fiercely guarded. Safe to thaw now. Tap three times for compression. Jacuzzi. Yeah. Warm blanket and slippers. Yeah. This Jorgensen tap, joke. No. Tap three times for 
comprehension. I tap, pause, tap, pause, tap. Will they de detect sarcasm in the tempo? Adjusting atmosphere. Humans require 80% nitrogen, 20% oxygen. Tap three times to confirm. Whatever. Tap, tap, tap. I'll humor them. Earth are preserved equivalent of 189 Earth years. Hell no. Couldn't happen. How would the pod stay charged? Did Luke's uncle finally let him go to two station for those power converters? My brain isn't that frozen anymore. Warmth has finally reached my extremities. My fingers tingle. The monitor flashes. Thaw successful. I stretch, I stretch against a safety harness. Ankles, hips, necks. My joints ache, but function. Earther atmosphere achieved. Open pod in three human minutes. Tap three times to confirm. What if this isn't a joke? Could Jorgensen have made me portable? Did she convince Andy of Andy's auto body to construct a freaking galactic generator? That'll be on my expense report, I'm sure. Open pod in two human minutes. I still don't tap. Human, stay inside pod. Tap three times. Can't do that. Dehydration is imminent unless my stink kills me first. Open pod. Tap three times. Maybe? Real? Damn, I inhale hard. Horrid mistake. My nasal passages burn. I need out. Tap, tap, tap. The pod's airtight seals release. Artificial air rushes in and displaces my rotten stench. There is brightness and vast silence. I'll need a new press release because this isn't the Colorado lab. Not even Earth. There's no coffee. <laughs> and that's the end. <laughs> I, th I think that's a pretty slick little short story. I, I wanted to see, I wanted, I'm totally grossed. I was like waiting for the rest of the book. You know, you know I mean? it's like a great opening. It's That's a great, great opening. It would be, it would yeah. be a great opening. This, this could be part of the big, uh, the big sci-fi novel here. Yeah. So, but you know, when we, when you start reading that the first time you read it, of course you read it before tonight, mm -hmm. obviously. Uh, was it what you expected by the end when you started mm -hmm. it? No. No, but I like science fiction, and uh, I was hooked. I yeah. was hooked from the get-go because it sounded plausible. It sounded, yeah. You know, I mean, when when science yeah. fiction sounds plausible to me, I'm I'm in. Yeah. So, do you think the protagonist is male or female, or does it matter? Uh, I'm I'm thinking male. I mean, I was just that's just an assumption because I'm a male reader. I suppose yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I initially thought female because uh, a female wrote this, Holly. But it could be either. I guess it doesn't really wouldn't really matter. But uh, I thought it was interesting that the uh, that the protagonist here, he or she, uh, kind of maintained uh, their sarcasm even after the discovery. <laughs> it's like there's no coffee. <laughs> Did you think she was going to be gone that long? Was that the was that the uh, original intention? I think she was only planning on a. Well, it was supposed to be 300 days. 300 days was the plan. And this was a test. 
This was a test, yeah. And clearly, yeah. Cl clearly, Earth had a big problem during those three hundred days. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't get the. I did not get the impression was she traveling intergalactically. I was thinking it was done in a laboratory to mm -hmm. test if she, if a human, could do it because yep. they needed to experiment well, with it. That was the plan, but uh, something went awry. <laughs> Earth was destroyed. Apparently, Earth was apparently destroyed, and and uh, the, the, these uh, these creatures, these aliens. Uh, Salvage this this pod as the only remaining Earthling. Did you uh, you cut the part where uh, it says they, they obviously? I mean, think about it from the uh, uh, alien point of view. Okay, we have a we have a frozen uh, Earthling, so now they're trying to figure out what how they can communicate. Yeah, and so they tried Greek and probably tried a bunch of other things. Yeah, and, well, that was pretty slick. Is this your Earth language? Scrolling these different languages in yeah. front of. Front of the, the uh, and a rudimentary method to get out. It. Yeah, yeah. They, they, the rudimentary effort to get out, tap three times, tap three times, yeah. <laughs> or something over yeah. the door. Yeah, anyway, it was a great story. I admire anybody yeah. that can put something together that way because I think uh, uh, telling a story can can go on forever, but ending it nicely, ended. I think that's yeah. always a I secret. That was pretty slick, pretty so. slick. I really enjoyed that. Be interesting to see what. What our uh, listeners out there have to say about uh, the story written by Holly Collingwood here. Um, and where did you find that again? I found that uh, that was on Flash Fiction online. And again, there'll be a link to it. You know, there are a lot of, a lot of uh, sites out there, publishing sites for different genres. And uh, I've been scrolling through a lot of Flash Fiction. A lot of it's uh, it's kind of... It's just okay. Uh, but th this one just really jumped out at me. It's, it was so well done, I thought. In, uh, and it was so different than your typical short story. There, clearly there was, you know, a story has to have a conflict. Uh, something has to change. And that, that, that all happened here, but it was, it was kind of not in the way that you might have expected. So I thought that like, was... Like the other characters. Like the other characters. There's only one character. There's only one character. Yeah, there's only there's one only character. That's one hard. Character. Yeah. So you don't yeah. fill the whole story up with a yeah. whole bunch of other crazy characters. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, so I wrote I, I wrote a note to Holly. I found her, I tracked her down. You know, nobody can hide on the internet. So and she actually has a uh, you know, she has a little business she's working. But uh I asked her. I asked her if she wanted to uh, to read the story for, for us, and she said, "Man, I'm I'd love to, but I'm really up to my ears." So I said, "She said, but ask me anything you want." So I did ask her some stuff, and uh, I asked her uh, how she got the idea of the story, and she and and this is her note to me. She says, "Well, the idea for the story came from the Frozen Dead Guy Festival." <laughs> which is held in Nederland, Colorado. She said, ever heard of it? Probably not, but it's an absolute riot. And it's coming up in March here. It's the first week in March, first weekend in March, actually. The weekend includes things like coffin races, a parade of antique hearses, dead floral arrangements. You could probably fill up an entire episode. <laughs> it's going to be frozen out there yeah. too. It's going to be pretty cold out oh, there. Oh yeah, too. and I there's so this there is are, a legitimate a legitimate event. It, it's it's been going on for several years now, and it's a, you know again it's it's a pun in honor of the the frozen dead guy, which I'm going to tell you a little bit about. <laughs> okay. 
she also said the Mars, the whole Mars rover thing fascinates her. On a, you know, on a far off planet, uh, and doing stuff that uh, humans are not quite able to do yet. So she was envisioning this future that uh, where space travel was was going to be a requirement, and uh, you know, and all these scientific advances that have to take place before we can make it a reality. And that's that's a good that's a good food for thought. There's like so many things we have to we have to learn more about and test and validate, prove that uh, you know each each little piece of this puzzle has to work has to fit with the others. And this would be just one of them, actually. How do you how do you, how do you keep keep the astronauts alive if you're going interplanetary, inter intergalactic, whatever? And uh, she said the. Uh, I asked her, you know, how much, you know, she modified the story, how many revisions she had to do and do. And she says, well, it didn't really change that much. She said the the editors of Flash Fiction Online wanted her to answer the power question. How does a pod maintain power to keep a human cryogenically preserved for 189 years? So she said, but of course, the main character couldn't know the answer to the question, didn't know that that was happening. I could merely speculate at the options. So, you know, the power question was the biggest uh, biggest writing challenge, and I think she handled it well in that, you know, well, the aliens are taking care of that. So it was good. She, you know, that was that was pretty pretty slick. And uh, so you you spoke to the actual author of a, a published. She doesn't uh, she doesn't write continually, does she, or is this just something she just? Uh, well, she writes, submitted, but she's. Submitted. she's uh, because I think anybody can submit something to these guys, can't they? Oh, anybody can submit. Yeah, sure. That's that's how you get them. You submit them. Uh, you know, I mean, these. You know, I've I've had stuff published. You know, here and there. You know, I haven't made the New Yorker yet, but mm. uh, there's a lot of there's a there's a lot of places out there where you can get get published. Uh, you know, and there's so many so there's so many niche journals out there that uh, there's something for everyone. And of course, you know, some have higher standards than others. Uh, they're not they're not all the same. Well, this, but in my this, view, worked this, out nicely for us. It was a short story that fascinated us both on a little, uh, yeah, uh, you know, homegrown podcast uh, kind of a thing. And uh, I guess we can let people know if they have that writing bug, go ahead and take a chance. You can yeah. submit it to somebody. You never know. You can. Yeah. All you got to do is do the search. But getting back to the Frozen Dead Guy Festival, you know, oh, I was, yeah, in, yeah, I was yeah. intrigued by that. So, so I did a little, did a little search on that, and uh, so I'm going to give give you the quick, uh, the semi quick version here. In 1989, a Norwegian citizen named Trygve Balga brought the corpse of his recently deceased grandfather, Brito Morstol, to the United States. Okay, the body, he had preserved the body in dry ice for the trip, and then it was stored in liquid nitrogen at a cryonics facility in California from uh, 90 to 93, okay? So the the idea was, you know, he, he wanted to keep him frozen, or his grandfather wanted to be frozen until uh, the, the technology was there to, to cure whatever caused him to die anyway. Mm-hmm. So, 
so that so he really so he brought him over here and then his mother came over here uh, they were gonna they were gonna create a cryonics facility but he, Trigvi got deported from the United States for overstaying his visa and I read a couple of other articles about him he was a strange dude he was getting always always getting in trouble one way or the other and they finally booted him but his mother stayed here and uh, you know, she, she says he, she kept her father's body cryogenically frozen in a shack behind behind her unfinished house. So eventually, she was evicted from this house. The house didn't have any electricity or plumbing. No. It was viol- a lot of violations. Oh. So she said, she told a reporter that, well, you know, I'm here because my father's body is uh, frozen in the in the shed in the back. And oh, there's two other guys there too. Along the way, they had collected two other guys, and they're keeping him them in cold storage. So of course, this hit uh, hit City Hall, and they uh, the town immediately uh, passed a resolution that you couldn't keep any dead guys or parts of dead guys. But but he got grandfathered in actually. So no pun intended. And uh, I'm, I'm picturing the uh, pitch, pitchforks and torches. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, it was because it was the. the I read uh, out of a Mel Brooks comedy. Yeah. So, but yeah, but the public uh, reaction to this whole thing is what made him have an exception for for Brito, uh, the, oh. the grandfather clause. And you know, he went to, and then finally they found somebody who would, uh, you know, pack him in ice, keep him in, keep him in dry ice, and then uh, somebody built a. Uh, a shed in that town and they've kept they've got a couple bodies in there i guess so anyway so <laughs> they still have him yeah he's still there he's still brito he's still, is still frozen there yeah still frozen okay. still frozen there yeah and there are other websites that go into a lot of gory detail in uh, the uh, you know the crazy things that happened along the way it's it's quite a hoot i'll put i'll, I'll make sure i put that in the notes as well uh so ever since 2002, they've been having this annual celebration, the frozen dead guys. And uh, as Holly mentioned, there are, you know, coffin races. and That's the pretext, but it's kind of like a carnival. Almost. It's a big carnival. It's a big party. It's just a yeah. big, it's just a big funny party. You see guys dumping, uh, jumping into this pool of ice water and, you know, it's just, it's just people having fun, you know, dressed up people and. All kind of costumes, et cetera, et cetera. So only in America. Only in America, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that. So, Neil, I think that was fantastic that you were actually able to speak to the author. What a what a pleasure that was. Yeah, that was that was great. She was she was very very graceful and very helpful. And uh, so we're gonna we're gonna keep looking, you know. But but uh, reading this whole thing about this frozen dead guy festival. That reminded me of something that I used to go to in Pittsburgh, and that was called, uh, it was held around Halloween every year. It's, it was called Night of the Singing Dead. All right. Now, this was a, a kind of a musical that this local characters would put on every year, and they would work into this musical skits about famous people who died that year. And, and it was... It was it was utterly tasteless. It was just, you know, talk about politically incorrect. I mean, they yeah, they were. I'll say this for them: they were equal opportunity abusers. They, they. How old, how old were you when you uh, actually attended the? 
Oh, I mean, this was probably 10 years ago. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's the Pittsburgh. So you weren't really a like, young buck either. Uh, I was a, not a young buck you're, either. You were a curious no, I, buck. I was, that's for yeah, sure. I was a borderline <laughs> old buck. Yeah, I was a curious buck. But I went to I went to a couple years uh, when they had it at the Rex Theater on the South Side, and it was just terrible. Ter you know, they had. Oh, I don't know if I shouldn't even say. Did you say. laugh? Did you have a good time? Oh yeah, I laughed, but it was it was really a lot of dark humor there, really. Oh. Oh my God! He had uh, Teddy Kennedy coming out with, uh, you know, seaweed draped over him. Okay, say no more. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty. <laughs> it was pretty rough. It was pretty rough. Well, you are an explorer. You're an adventurer. I, was, I, I give you credit it's, for. It's still going on. It's still going on. They, they're still right. having. They, they moved the location the around, but they still have it. Yeah. So, that's my, that's my story, and I'm sticking with it here. I'll put a. I'll put a link maybe to a video. Uh, well, that was a, one, one of the less uh, less objectionable videos that are, that are out there on the <laughs> night of the singing dead. I am I am very happy to be the uh, the person that you feel comfortable telling all this stuff to. <laughs> uh, it's you and two other guys. <laughs> uh, anyhow, uh, good story. We'll look yeah, for another good, one. I think we'll do that story. often. We're going like to keep. This. We're going to look for more. We're going to find more. There are lots of stories out there. A lot of them are not great, uh, but that this one we thought was. We both really mm -hmm. enjoyed it, and that's mm -hmm. why we d we did it so soon after the last one. And we're going to keep doing this. So, so anybody, any with any thoughts, any suggestions, you know, uh, go ahead. Yeah. And it's uh, bucks too old at gmail dot com. Yeah, and give us your thoughts. Yeah, give us if you and if you've got a story that you think we might uh, like to read, send it in. I'm not guaranteeing you that we're going to do it. Because we, we do have our standards, you know. We do have our standards. I uh, I do have one little surprise for you that you don't know about. <laughs> okay. And, and, and he's ro he's rolling his eyes back, yeah, not knowing what to expect. Uh, I wrote a letter to Elon. <laughs> you wrote a letter to Elon. All right. And he wrote back. No, not yet. I don't oh. know if he. I don't know if he will. But there there is a way to do it. And it was just a handwritten letter in a little plain white envelope. And it said, if you want to contact them, send a letter All to right. this address. So, All right. So I wrote a letter and told them about uh, my desire to go to the Mars and uh -huh. and collect uh, dark matter in a mason jar. Yeah, I get that dark matter along the way. <laughs> <So> <laughs> Two for the price of one. <laughs> I admitted we were having some fun at his expense. So I, I don't I doubt that they'll reply, but but uh I had a I got hey, admit I had for quite you. a quite a few chuckles good just, for just, you just crafting the letter. Uh-huh. <laughs> we shall see. Have, we shall see. All your listeners out there, hang on. Sometime in the future we'll tell you if he ever replied. <laughs> okay. Hey, well listen, I think it's <laughs> time to say goodnight. Uh, I, I say think goodbye. we've yeah, we've done enough damage <laughs> for the day. <laughs> Uh, hey, thanks, folks. This is Old Buck Dell. This is, and this is Old Buck Dave. Saying, what are we saying? Bye bye. Bye bye. Take care.